Hey, this is Mike Brake, and I'm the pastor at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. I want to say thank you for stopping by our podcast today. We really do believe that you're only one step away from the relationship with God that you've been wanting. So I hope the message today gives you encouragement, gives you some vision so that you can take that next step towards freedom. Enjoy the message. Let's do this. This is actually the same night as the Last Supper, the, the, the supper that they are celebrating. It says before the Passover celebration. Okay, so all of this is taking place on, on this night. It says, Before the Passover celebration, John chapter 13, verse 1, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Iscariot, Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into the basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the, the towel he had around them. And when Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you don't understand what I'm, what I'm doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you will never wash my feet. And Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. To which Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands and my head as well, Lord, not just my feet. And Jesus replied, a person who is bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet, but to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew, he knew who would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and he sat down and asked, Do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord and you are right because that's what I am. And since I, your teacher and Lord, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. Today... We're going to be talking about greatness. Today, we're going to be talking about leadership. And when you think of greatness and leadership, you don't think about servant. You don't think about serving. But in God's eyes, this is greatness. This is leadership today. And so the title of our, our message today is Finding Purpose. Because every one of you were created on purpose and for a purpose. Three things I want to look at, three actions that Jesus took in this, in this uh, scene that I want to highlight today. And the first is he got up. He got up from the table. You ever do anything that you don't want to do, but you have to do it? You're like, yeah, I got up today. <laughs> I woke up every day. It's called waking up. Maybe it's uh, your six-year-old kid, and it's the veggies that they don't want to eat, but you have to eat the veggies. Or maybe, confession, you're 38, and you have the veggies. <laughs> and I don't want to eat the veggies, but I have to be the veggies. Growing up, maybe it was church. I don't want to go to church. But as adults... I have to go to church. Things that we don't want to do, but we feel like we have to do. Uh, we use words like chore or duty 
or obligation, or we just call it work. I got to go to work. I can think of when my kids were younger, and it's the middle of the night, 2 a.m., and you hear, ah, ah, you know, and it's kind of like, yeah, it's your turn, you know, and, and, and it's the diaper changing, you know, you can walk in the room, and you're like, oh, no, I don't want to, I don't have any feelings towards this, I don't have any excitement, any desire to go into this room and do what I have to do, but I do it because I love my child's. I don't, I don't get all dressed up and be like, whoo, look at this, it's a, it's a duty, a number two, you know, all right, I'm so excited, here's all I got to do in the morning, yay. I don't want to do it. I don't want to. It teaches us something about love. Love is not a feeling. Love is a choice. And if we're not careful, we will get this twisted into our marriages as well when it comes to feeling. I don't have that. I don't have that feeling. You know the song, we lost that love and feeling. Come on. Oh, that love and feeling. You've lost that love and feeling. Now it's gone, gone, gone. Come on. Oh, oh. And see. All right. We get that from culture. We get that in our songs that it's a feeling. A lot of that feeling is called lust. But when you when you are in marriage, I want to free some of you guys up because you're like, oh, we just we've lost our love. Love is not a feeling. It is a choice that we make. It's not always going to be there. And for some of us, it's not that we've lost the feeling of love. We've just stopped choosing our spouse. We're more committed to our kids than we are. We'll choose them way more often than we choose our spouse. And so for some of us, we're going to do a series on marriage in November. We need to choose our spouse more to bring back some of those feelings some of you guys, I, I can tell, maybe not, are like, I don't know if it's a choice or not. Let's look at this. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13 and 14 says, For you have been called to live in freedom. And all of Freedom Church are like, yeah, theme verse, you're called to live in freedom. So we are. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. You can do whatever you want in your freedom. Don't use it to satisfy your sinful nature, to be about self. Instead, use your freedom to what? Serve one another in love. There's serving in love, coming together. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love is a choice. Love, he says, is a command. I can't command my emotions. If I'm angry, I'm angry. If I'm sad, I'm sad. Can't be like, hey, stop being sad. I'm sad. I can't command those emotions. What I command is what I do with those emotions. And he says, love, love is a command. 
It goes against our natural self. But Jesus, he got up from the table, which leads to our, our second action that he took, and it is that he stooped. doesn't stay, say this, but he left the position from the table, which in that time would have been reserved for the teacher, for the rabbi. He left his position as teacher, as Lord. He says, you call me teacher and Lord, and you are right. He got up from that position, and he took the position of what would be a servant or a slave. And this, this as indicated by Peter, was a disgusting uh, ritual that was about to take place because he knew this was not reserved for the teacher. This was not reserved for the master. No, you will not do this. They understood that it was a matter of, of status and that he was humbling himself. But did you notice this? It said Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything. When you were little kids, did anybody like me wish they were like a superhero? I mean, I loved them all, but my favorite, Batman. I, he had the Batcave, he had the Batmobile, he had the Batwing, he had all of those wonderful toys to play with. And when I thought about being Batman, it was about being cool, getting the super cool suit, being the hero. I didn't think about having all of those powers. Some of you guys are like, Batman didn't have powers. He just made cool toys. All right, I get it, I get it. We can argue all day over comics. But I wasn't thinking about serving. In a moment, when Jesus had all authority and power, we can do a lot of dumb stuff when we get some power coming our way, when we get some status coming our way. We can screw that up. These are his final moments. He knew his time would come. So you got to know, in your, in your dying days, in your dying hours, the things I'm going to say are not going to be fluff. They're going to be some pretty important things. He could have told him. He could say, hey, Apple stock. Remember that one. Remember, when it hits the market, get in on that one early. You're going to like that. Lottery numbers. Here's some good numbers to put together. You're going to like that. Football season's starting up. I know everybody, we, we picked our teams, we're ready to go. But here's the, here's the, he could have told them anything in this moment. In a moment when he had all power, in a moment when he had all authority, he stooped. He humbled himself. And in the first century, status, very much like here for us today, is super important. These disciples were, were bickering all the time. Who's the greatest? Who's, who's, who's going to get the best seat? There was a time when James and John, they're brothers. There's one of the 12. And they come to Jesus. And they add, they're asking him, hey, man, can we, can we sit at your throne? You know, when, when, you, when you go to your glory into heaven, can we be like top dogs? And in this passage of Scripture, it says, When the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. They were upset. They were not happy. You can, you can, here's the tension. So Jesus called them together like a good coach. Like, huddle, team huddle, time out, time, 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 time. Let's huddle up. You know that the rulers in this world lord it over the people. 
When they get the power, they flaunt their authority over those under them. And I love this. This is one of my favorite passages of Scripture. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader in the Greek, Greek, megas. Whoever wants to be great, mega. Among you must be your servants. In the Greek, diakoneo. It's where we get our word deacon, minister, diakoneo. You must be a diakoneo. And whoever wants to be first, protos. Among you must be a slave, doulos in the Greek, for everyone else. For even the Son of Man not, did not come to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. You want to be great in God's eyes. You'll be a minister, a diakoneos. You want to be great in God's eyes. You will be a slave. Among you, it will be different. This goes against our natural self. We don't want to do this. It's okay to admit today, say, I don't want to serve. <laughs> I just don't have it in my heart to serve. It comes naturally to all of us. But he says, if you're going to follow me, I didn't come to serve, to be served. I came to serve. The third thing he did, he got up, he stooped, and then he cleaned the mess. He cleaned the mess. It says he, he, wrapped a, he, he took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Now, I like to use illustrations, and we got one a little bit. I'm not doing the taking the robe off thing or like that. That's, uh, but he took the towel, and he poured water in the basin. Why? Because this was a me- messy job. This wasn't like walking around on paved streets in sandals. Which in Los Alamos, if you're, a lot of people, they wear the sandals, they got the black socks on, so they're not getting dirty feet anyway, all right? Don't do that. Don't do that. Um, you know, they're walking around in sandals, maybe barefoot. It's a dirty thing. Camel poo, dirt, mud, toe jam. Like, no one, like, he had to get up and do this. Why? Because nobody else had done it. No one else was going to do it. I said, this time teach you guys something. I've been been telling you guys. I want to show you in these final moments what I am about. And certain jobs, certain jobs require hard work, diving into the mess. Got a towel, got a water so he could go to work. Just like we talked about last week with the relationships, they're hard, they're messy, they're time-consuming. So is serving. I don't want to do that. A lot of times we get into a serving situation and we're confused. Like, this is not a normal thing for me and I don't know. I remember one of the first mission trips I did, I went to Denver. And we were working in the inner city area. And what we would do is in the morning, we would go and there was a neighborhood with a lot of kids in this inner city area. And we would take them to this public gymnasium with a pool and and basically just play with the kids all day long. And all week long, we would go early in the morning. All these kids would come running out of the apartments and we would take them. We'd walk to this this, uh, public family um, recreation center and just have a ball. And at the end of the day, we'd walk them all home. Well, one of the days, it was, I think it was middle of the week, Wednesday or Thursday, and we're taking the kids home. And I got the last two kids with me, this brother and a sister. We're walking up, and all of a sudden, we're confronted with a kid who had been coming, but she didn't come that day. And I can't tell you the words that she said because we're in church setting. She was about eight years old, and she was carrying a stick, and she was mad at something. 
and she was cussing up a storm, coming at us, kind of threatening us with the stick. Uh, now, I like to kind of have my man card and, and you know, feel like I, I'm, I'm ready to handle any situation at, at any time, but here's a, an eight-year-old coming at me, and um, we kind of were like, okay, we can't go this way because we were kind of blocked by this alleyway, so we, we went around. And as we went around, I see the girl cutting across, and she's chasing after us. And I'm like, and we happen to see this family. And it, I could just tell with the kids' eyes, like, mom, dad, like they recognized each other. I'm like, is that your parents? And they're like, yeah. Like, run! They go, and they run. And this girl comes, and she hits me with a stick. And I bolt out of there. I'm like, ah! And I'm running from an eight-year-old girl who hit me with a stick. And I get back to the bus, because I ran all the way back to the bus. I was the last one to drop off kids. They're ready to go back home for the day. And I'm out of breath. I'm sweating. I've got a look of fear in my eyes, and I'm bleeding from my knuckles down from this thing. And they're like, what, what, was going, what happened? And I was like, I was being attacked by an eight-year-old girl. I'm serving. What do I do to deserve this? I don't want to be a part of it. It's, it's messy. It's confusing. We, we get ourselves to where sign up for a mission trip or sign up to serve in the kids area and we, we get to go and our first day we're like, this is so exciting. This is a praise. I've been wanting to be involved. I've been wanting to plug in and it's been good to go. And then a year down the road or two years or three years and we get to go and we're just like, oh, I've got to go. I don't want to do it. It's messy sometimes. We've all been there. We've all been hurt. We've been burned. Think about who was in the room. Peter was in the room. You ever know someone who says, just says dumb stuff? They say offensive stuff? You read what they put on Facebook and you're like, ah, gosh, how can they think that? I don't understand that. Jesus saw past that. He washed Peter's feet. Thomas. Thomas is in the room. Those people who don't believe in you. Those people who, who question, maybe, or doubt. Jesus saw past that. Washed his feet. There's another one in there. Judas. He knew. He knew. That's why we, I think it's why he pointed that one out. Like he didn't name too many of the guys in the room, said so they're all in there. Judas was in there. Betrayed him. Was going to backstab him within a few minutes or hours. He served him. He washed his feet. I think it, it, it shows a lot of what Jesus was willing to go through to serve these men, to make a point, but it also goes to show what he's willing to go through for you and I and for the others in the room, to give us an example. See, Jesus didn't go to be served. And he didn't just serve at one point in time. A servant is who he was. It's not just something that he did. And that's the challenge for you and I today. 
He says, do you understand what I was doing? Like, if you don't get this, you don't really get anything else I was doing. He says, I've given you an example to follow. Now do as I have done for you. This was Jesus' whole mission. In this one event was his whole mission on coming to earth. He got up. He came to earth. He stooped. And he cleaned the mess. No matter how dirty it was, no matter how undeserving we were, he cleaned it all. He says, if you don't want any part, if you don't allow me to do this, you have no part with me. That was his mission. And it gave him purpose. It gives us purpose. We, our mission is to make disciples, but each one of you have a purpose in life. You guys got to get a puzzle piece? Yes? Yes? All right. Everybody got a puzzle piece? Each one of us are uniquely shaped. We only fit, like God's designed us to fit somewhere in this place, in this time. And he's gifted some of you. You want to know, how do I find my purpose? There's a couple things I want to give you some ideas. There's a slide you can see. Because some of us, we tend to overthink this. One is spiritual gift plus a need equals a ministry. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, Scripture says you get a gift. Not only do you get salvation, but he gives you a gift. Read about those in 1 Corinthians 12 that talk about just different gifts of serving, of leadership. And you, and you can take, um, in fact, I'll email them out this week, where you can take a spiritual gifts test that might indicate some areas that you might be gifted in. But that's one area where you can serve, spiritual gift. But another one is love plus a need equals a ministry. It may not be a spiritual gift listed, listed in Scripture, but there's something that you love. There's something that you have a passion for. Maybe there's a people group or a nation that you have a passion for, and there's a need. That's an, another opportunity for a ministry. Maybe you have a skill. A skill plus a need equals a ministry. It's another opportunity for us to serve. My story plus a need equals a ministry. This is something that we shy away from. But understand that your experiences, your puzzle piece, everything that you have, have done, your good things and your bad things, are all, Jesus can use it all. In fact, he wants to. There's a saying that says, hurt people hurt people. It's a lot of times it's true. We've experienced that. But not in every case. Because hurt people who take their next steps of faith, who work through it, who allow God to take the hurt and, and heal the brokenness, those people, those hurt people actually help people. And that's what God wants for you. Your story, your story of hurt, your story of pain can heal people. And when you string together ministry plus a ministry, Plus a ministry, all of a sudden, you are a diaconeo, a minister. You thought it was just me. No, we are all called not to be served, but to serve. And there is a place for you. I have, in my home, we have puzzles. But for little kid puzzles, they all look like this. There's a piece 
that is missing. I put them all together. We only had one puzzle. No, two. Two puzzles that had all the pieces together. All of them were missing. There's something that feels so incomplete if you're a puzzle person, especially if you're a puzzle person. I know some of you are like, I don't care about puzzles. If you're a puzzle person, this drives you nuts. Somebody in here today has the piece to complete this puzzle. You all have a puzzle piece. Come on up. We need you because this is driving me nuts. Guy, give, give Omar a, a round of applause here for coming up and helping me, helping me preach. There we go. We got to figure it out. We got to work on it some. Yes. Thank you, Omar. Listen, right here in, our, in, this, in this church body, when it comes to serving, and I don't, I don't care, like we have, we have Sunday morning, we try to keep it simple. Okay, we're not trying to overload you with, with serving stuff. We don't want to burn you out. But on Sunday morning, that's one of our main areas to serve. You can serve in kids' area, which we're trying to expand that because we've had 20-plus kids um, in there the past couple weeks, and, and so we want to expand that care. We're looking at um, eight-week rotations. That's what we're trying to get. So once every eight weeks. Hey, I can do that once every eight weeks. We have our production team because online, well, not only here, but also online, we rival our online uh, views are close to the attendance here. And so we're reaching all over the country right now um, where people will listen in and watch. So we got a production team that helps that online. But we also have a, a, a first impressions team that just helps make this a welcoming environment. Those are places to serve. But also in our small groups, the small groups that are starting up, if you're a part of one, you will have projects to do that your group, you know, you'll identify your skills and your passions or your, your love and you go and serve in the community. That is our strategy for reaching the community through serving, is through our small groups. But then there's just your daily life. It has nothing to do with church programs. It is just you having your eyes open to the people around you, to the lives around you, knowing that, hey, I've been placed here on purpose with these skills, with these spiritual gifts, with these passions, with my story, and there's someone who needs a minister, someone who needs a servant. I did not come to be served. Freedom Church, our goal, this is the whole, the whole sermon and message. We did not come. We did, we did not go and serve. But servants is who we are. It is who we are. It is in our DNA. We don't just play church. We go and we be the church. And that's who Jesus was. That's what he did. And he says, he gives an amazing promise. He says, now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. God will bless you for doing them. We serve, not because we have to. This is more of a get to. But we got to understand why do we get to. The whole reason we get to do this in the first place is because Jesus brought us from death to life. There was nothing we brought to the table to earn that. It was by his grace and his grace alone. And when we get that, when we really get that and understand it, it will not be an issue to give and serve and give my life back to him. I don't know what that speaks to you today, but I hope we get a vision to see 
that God just doesn't want me to just go and serve, but serving is, is who I am called to be. And that is the loving thing to do, even when you don't feel it, because you're not always going to feel it, but you make those choices. And here's what I've learned. I'll, I'll, I'll say this because I've got to wrap up and go. I get so self-focused. I don't want to, you know, there's times I don't want to preach. I'm tired. I've been preaching since, since July. I need a break. And, but when I serve, it takes the focus off of me. Because I'm like, I need to be fed. Feed me. But I've also learned the, my greatest meals, my greatest feast, is when I serve other people and I see life change through them and I see people get saved and I'm like, that's why I serve. That's the energy. That's the fuel is when I get a focus off of myself and I get it on to others. And, and, and Jesus says, that's, that's because that's like me. <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I came for. Start small. He says, he says in Scripture, man, even if you gave a cup of water, it's like you're serving me. That's how it is. That's how it is. Let's pray. Thank you again for listening to the podcast at Freedom Church in Los Alamos. A few next steps that you can take coming out of this. One is head to our website and let us know just exactly how we can help you take your next step. Also, if we have had a positive impact in your life or in your family and you want to partner with us financially, you can go to our website and click give. That will get the message out so we can impact more people through this ministry. And finally, click the subscribe button. That way you know you get the latest content from the podcast as well as rate it, review it. That will help get the message out to others. Hope you have a a wonderful week. Thanks again for listening.